All right, what's going on, everybody in Sharks territory? Welcome to another edition of Shark City Unfiltered. I am your host, Aaron James, to be talking Sounds and Sharks hockey with you this week. Uh, last night, I just want to say this really quick, show some respect here. So last night was the series finale of the Quack Report podcast. So I didn't do a live show on Wednesday night out of respect for our brothers at the Hockey Podcast Network who cover the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, best of luck to you, gentlemen. You obviously will still be doing uh, some work with the network. But also just wanted to say, you know, Bravo Zulu on, you know, the job that you guys done covering our divisional rivals for the past uh, few years. So with that being said, let's um, jump into today's show. Okay, so the NHL offseason is officially here. Um, the draft is behind us. The biggest free agents have been signed. Uh, we're officially entered that you know we've officially entered that time in the offseason where rumors are going to drive content and controversy may start to fuel fan engagement so with that being said it's time to react to some of the latest news in sharks territory all right so um obviously martin couch put the sharks on blast earlier this week uh, martin couch shared with um he shared the media in Cheskia that the San Jose Barracuda coaching staff coerced them into fighting. Okay, so the story was translated by the Hockey News, and here are some of the notes. Uh, the report says that uh, Martin Cout was essentially told, if you fight, you'll be in the NHL. Um, apparently, there were some predetermined opponents selected for him. Uh, to fight and um his pretty much he was if i could summarize it really quick is he felt like he was in nhl because he didn't want to um or he was led to believe that he wasn't playing in nhl because he didn't fight and his concern was you know some of his previous injuries uh here's some of the quotes uh, that i think are pretty important so um he said they say that's why I don't play in NHL. I've had three concussions and injured shoulder twice. If I had fought in the ones he was picking on me, I would have been beaten and injured. He forced me to fight anyways, and it really bothered me, etc. Right? Um, he also went on to explain that maybe, um, you know, one of the reasons they asked him to fight, and he went on saying, and I quote, they said they wanted to get something more out of me. Maybe I made a mistake, but I don't think fights – decided if I was going to be in the NHL. Uh, fights are on decline in hockey. Plus, you didn't feel like we were a team at Sharks Farm. Each young people play on their own, guys that won't fight for you, etc. Okay. Um, he also went on to explain that his decision to return home was because it sounds like Sharks offered him a two-way contract, and he was trying to make a little bit more money at the AHL level. All right, so uh, with this story, other NHL fan bases are 
seizing the opportunity to take cheap shots at an organization trying to chop its way out of the bottom of the Pacific Division. Um, even worse, some in Sharks territory are using this story as an indicator of a deeper-rooted issue. Now, the Sharks have released a statement on the matter, and I quote, We have been made aware of comments attributed to Martin Kaut stating that he was pressured to deliberately instigate a physical engagement with opposing players on the ice. Let us be unequivocally clear that no such direction was ever given or insinuated by the members of the Sharks or Barracuda coaching or hockey staffs, end quote. Okay, so first I want to give, I want to share, okay, first I want to share my thoughts and then I'll share my opinion, all right? We'll keep it, we'll keep it like that. Um, Mike Greer essentially has an open door policy for players that don't want to be here. Uh, they could literally request a trade such as Brent Burns, Ryan Merkley, and most recently, Andrew Agazzino, right? Uh, so there are plenty of reasons. There are plenty of reasons why the Sharks are not quote unquote retaining players. So rather than being quick to label this as an issue within the organization, you have to think about the players beyond the rink. You have to take into consideration the personal and the professional factors. And I think that's where a lot of this muddying the waters happens. Okay. It seems that a lot of times when you hear someone talk about hockey players, you notice that they often refer to them as assets rather than an individual person. Uh, you have to ask yourself, does a player want to be a part of a rebuild? If you're a veteran, you're more than likely going to cherish how many years you have remaining at a pro level. And since it's safe to assume that everyone who's playing in the NHL's dream is to win the Stanley Cup, if it doesn't look like the Sharks are going to be there in a few years, then maybe you want to be a part of an organization as being uh, a little bit closer to being a contender. All right. So secondly, you have to take into consideration that this region may not be a good fit for their player or for the player and their family. As beautiful as the Bay Area is, not everybody can make it here. So if you're a player that doesn't feel like San Jose is in your long-term plan, why would you extend a contract here? Players have a lot more factors to consider when signing the contract than just who's coaching, how can they fit in their system, and what direction the franchise is going, right? And players have to think about the welfare of their families, which includes if they want to sign a short-term deal and have them pick up and you know have their family pick up and move in a couple of years or at the trade deadline, right? I mean, from my understanding in terms of Andrew Agazzino, uh, his trade request, from my understanding, he's essentially established in Southern California, so that's practically a homecoming for him. Um but, of course, you have players that just don't want to be here. Uh, perhaps they didn't say they didn't have a say in how they arrived in Sharks territory. So with that being said, I think Mike Greer is going to put players in a Sharks uniform that want to be playing in a Sharks uniform. Cal obviously had some creative differences with revitalizing his NHL career, so it's understandable that other players were called up while he continued to be in the AHL. <sighs> All right. So this is kind of where my opinion is going to start to come in. Okay. So um, really quick, I I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, look, this is a guy who's going back overseas to his home country and he has to explain to his fans and to the media in Cheskia why he couldn't cut it in the North American leagues. Now I'm not trying to dismiss his side of the story, but he has to market himself in his homecoming. I mean, do you expect him to say the Eagles, Avalanche, Sharks, and Barracuda couldn't find a way to develop him? 
In the past, I've shared that I felt like he was essentially a swap for the Sharks' Ryan Merkley, who was in a similar situation of being a first-round draft pick who wasn't finding success with the organization that drafted him. For those who need a refresher, Martin Kelt and Jacob McDonald were acquired from Colorado in a trade for Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley back in January. You know, the Sharks had a role in mind for Martin Kelt, perhaps as an enforcer, a roughneck, a grinder, whatever they believe would contribute to the CUDA or the main roster. And it sounds like Kelt, who was a 2018 number four ranked international skater in the NHL Central Scouting's final rankings, wasn't having it. I'm aware that his medical history was cited as a primary cause of concern, but I am extremely sus to the notion, or I'm extremely suspicious of the notion that the Sharks deliberately were trying to put him in harm's way. So to me, and this is just my opinion, as somebody on the outside looking in, the Sharks had a specific development uh, plan for him, and that wasn't the type of player he wanted to become. Uh, obviously, that would lead to the contract talks going stale, if he doesn't want to be molded into the type of player that the Sharks want him to be, then why not return home and try to mold himself into the type of player he wants to be and make it known to the team that still has the rights over his contract that he may have no intention of re-signing. Simply put, Martin Kaut doesn't want to be here. All right. Um, so right now I'm just going to open it up for discussion in the chat. Um, here we go. And by the way, uh, whether you are listening or enjoying this program on uh, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, by all means, drop a comment in the uh, comment section. Do so on YouTube and uh, Facebook, and we'll interact live on the show. Um, so question right here out of YouTube. Do you think the Barracuda will be competitive next year with the Vets leaving the team? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to get into that in just a moment. I have some more thoughts on this Martin Count situation that I want to share. Got some things that I get off my chest. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but no, seriously. Um, I've been reading the dialogue this week, and social media seems to be advocating for some sort of change at the coaching positions. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Okay. Uh, this notion resonates with the implosion approach that uh, to the rebuild, right? Like, you know, fire everybody. Some people calling, like, you know, for some, you know, like, okay, one year with this GM, let them go. That's just absurd. It's irrational. But, um, Again, um, it just resonates with this whole like implosion approach to rebuild that I think some fans are de uh, demanding. But on that note, I have two things that I specifically want to say to those who are stirring the pot out there, you know, saying that the vets don't want to stay. Uh, there must be something that's, you know, chasing them away. Uh, just rewind this segment after the live session to, again, there's a lot of more factors that go into this and what's going on, you know, within the organization. Anyways, my bad. Uh, so, on that note, I have two things I want to say about those who are staring to pot out there using this story to kind of create, you know, a riff, I guess, in Sharks territory. Uh, first, in my opinion, like when it really comes down to it, no one cares. <laughs> Secondly, it seems like some of you out there are very selective with what issues you want to chime in on and which players you want to get behind. So, um, listen, I know this time of season can be boring. Uh, but just be patient. Sharks hockey will return in two months and 22 days. Okay. Uh, we have another comment here. And thank you for interacting again. YouTube and Facebook is where I drop the comment. Otherwise, enjoy the show live on Twitter. Uh, vets did leave the team and new vets signed. What's the problem? Vet turnover is extremely common in the AHL, I believe, is what that's supposed to uh, say right there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's the other thing I kind of wanted to get on is that 
you know, and I just said that uh, a moment ago, if I'm not mistaken, like a lot of these guys, you know, they're brought here for short-term deal. They're here for like to be added depth, right? So yeah, turnover is very common. Uh, thank you for that comment, uh, Tyler, on YouTube. Um, you know, since since we're on the topic and someone already asked about, you know, the state of the organization, let's let's go into the next segment here. Okay, so uh, I came across this article online that suggested that the Sharks are not going to be in the running for a Stanley Cup for quite a long time. What intrigued me about it was there was probably hockey fans to share how long it'll leave it'll take the Sharks to win a cup. So I better to get Sharks fans' opinions on how far they thought or how far they think, it's a better way of saying it, the team is from their first championship. I posted a poll on Reddit asking specifically how many years before the Sharks win their first cup. I collected results just as a breach 2000. I think it's at 21 something. It'll be available for a couple more hours if you want to participate. But um, I was quite astonished. I'm not going to lie. A majority of Sharks fans out there believe that the Sharks will not get a cup until the 2030s. I, know, I mean, wow. To that, I say, you got to have faith. Okay, you got to have faith, Sharks territory. Now, I'm not ashamed to share that I am part of the few who believe the Sharks can become contenders within the next two seasons. In fact, I believe the Sharks have a shot every season. And um, you just got to get in the playoffs, right? Okay, maybe not so much for the majority of you out there. Understandably so. San Jose is coming off of a 60-point season. The team is, has uncertainty in the net. Veterans heat up most of the salary cap, meaning less cap flexibility for uh, you know a rebuilding team. Uh, some trades can help out, but for a lot of you, Sharks should just keep tanking and building a supply of young talent via the draft. I'm not for that, all right? Again, I say have faith, Sharks fans. I know it's easy to pass rosters and results to the current team, but to that I say... We have a very talented prospect pool. In fact, we, um, I think it was NHL Network today. Yeah, NHL Network ranked our prospect pool, our pipeline, as they called it, 11th overall. So I'm very excited to see what some of these prospects will do this season. So to bring it back to the two previous comments, um, a lot of guys got a ball out this season. All right, they're in their last year of their entry-level contract. Who specifically? Adam Raska, Brandon Coe and Thomas Bordalo. Um, I'm expecting them to bring it, baby. I really am. And part of the excitement here, I'm trying to contain it, but I mean, these guys are in their contract year. I, I really liked what I see now, Adam Raska. I think he'll be really good for us. Um, and he has that scoring touch, but his ability to just be like a power forward, um, it's, it's outstanding. Uh, you know, bringing that pressure, I love it. But back to the point, Thomas Bordalo is definitely one of them, uh, one of the more exciting uh, names to see dress up hopefully in the Sharks uniform this season along with William Eklund. He is in his second to last year of his entry-level contract as well as Daniel Gushin, Tristan Robbins, and Ozzy Weisblatt. All right, I know I'm name-dropping a lot of people here, but what I'm trying to say is these these young Sharks players are in either their final year or their two, you know, the last couple of years that they have um with the Sharks this season, or I mean, on contract with the Sharks. Uh, one more I want to drop out there, E2 McEnany, who signed a one-year, two-way NHL contract back in um, uh, last month, about a month ago, like the end of June. And that's another player I'm excited to see. These are guys who, this is like, you know, it's time to rise to the occasion. 
right? So um, I've been saying this on previous, you know, previous broadcasts. I believe the Sharks have the talent to make it now, okay? And the Sharks added two Eastern Conference champs to the roster in Giovanni Smith and Anthony Duclair, all right? So the Duke of San Jose has arrived. And um, I'm thrilled to see how they'll impact the locker room as much as I'm thrilled to see these two players uh, who recently grinded it out to make it into the Stanley Cup Finals as an eighth seed in the conference. Um, I'm excited to see, um, you know, what they bring to the Sharks and to see how they can help turn it around here. Uh, lastly, really quick here before we go on a break, because I know I've been kind of jumping around here for a minute. Um, there isn't any analytics out there that can predict if a player will have a breakthrough year or if a team will find their chemistry and start playing winning hockey. So um, rather than compare past teams and past success or, you know, the, the past records, etc., rather than compare that um, to this current team or how that is better, let's say it like this. Rather than compare past teams or even compare past rebuilding teams, you know, let's just focus on finding chemistry and playing winning hockey. Uh, I know it's easier said than done, but step one, build a competitive team. Step two, play competitive hockey. Step three, make it to the top of the division, secure at least a wild card spot. And then step four will be to quench that thirst for first. Again, easier said than done, but with the main cast of players on the main roster, the upcoming players from Nakuda, and the players added in this year's draft, I believe that step one is already complete. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. I know some of y'all out there may, uh, you know, feel some other type of way, especially for the majority of you who think that we're 10 years out. I think that's too... I think Realistically speaking, uh, San Jose Sharks, my couple of seasons, you know, really being a Stanley Cup contender, like a legitimate contender. But I believe they get in the playoffs. You know, there's no reason why they can't, uh, you know, do like what Panthers done. You know, find a way to get to the final show and win it all. I I I, I always believe in my Sharks. Every season, every game, every shift, you name it. All right. I think it's now a good time to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to off the program with our topics. Uh, first, we'll start with um, Eric Carlson and those rumors. You know, it's the offseason, baby. And um, I don't think Eric Carlson's going anywhere. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. And then, um, you know, given that uh, we're just uh, – Two months away from the NHL season, I'm going to go over key dates league-wide that I think is pretty uh, pretty chill and react to some of the teams that may be uh, participating in them. Uh, with that being said, we're going to step aside to take a quick break. I'm Aaron James. Thank you to everybody who's been engaging on the live stream, and uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score 150 bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charles Town Races, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Often required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash Baseball Terms. All right, hopefully that was a more enjoyable ad experience for you all out there in Sharks territory. What's up? I'm Aaron James. We just spent the first um, portion of this show, the first half of this show, talking about um, Martin Kaut putting the Sharks on blast. Um, I know some of y'all going to feel some type of way about this. Um, I know some of you out there are kind of stretching, you know, going on, I don't know, just calling for some type of change or, I don't know, maybe even try to change the game and try to, like, eliminate fighting. Who knows? Uh, personally. I'm not buying it. I think Martin Cowan has to, you know, market himself. He's, again, been with two clubs, uh, four if you want to count the minors here in North American leagues. And, uh, you know, he's probably just betting on himself going back home, um, but also making it known that he doesn't really have a desire to be here. So I'm going to chop it up as Martin Cowan doesn't want to be here, and I'm not going to believe any of that clout, pardon the expression, um, that, you know, the Sharks are – I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. Uh, second segment was – uh, response to some of the Sharks fans out there. I mean, um, essentially thinking that they're could make their, you know, parade plans in the 2030s. I think that's a little, little too far ahead. I mean, some of y'all out there trying to play, play realistic and think like five to seven years is, you know, the logical, rational um, time frame. But again, I bleed till. So like with the rest of you out there, I believe it could happen this season. All right. So now that you're all caught up, let's go into uh, one more topic that doesn't get enough attention, of course, and that is freaking Eric Carlson, all right? <laughs> um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mark Purdy on the show as a guest, and um, he brought up a very interesting point, being that if you want to trade – you know, if you want to trade Carlson to a contender, it makes more sense to do so at the trade deadlines, right? Like this way you can actually know what team has a legitimate shot at winning it, going to distance uh, to make a trade like this summer, essentially, you know, that could be setting up Carlson to be in another situation he's with now. Maybe he'll win a Norris, but you know, he might be with the team that all of a sudden finds himself tanking. Um, anyways, I know how do I say this? Um, you know, lately you've been hearing Carolina and Pittsburgh's names being dropped as a preferred choice. I've mentioned before that it makes no sense for Carlson to get back on a blue line with Burns. So we won't even address Carolina in today's show. But what I want to do is briefly, briefly address why a Pittsburgh Penguins trade makes zero sense. All right. Um, Penguins for this season are already $2 million over the cap. Eric Carlson counts as 11 against uh, we'll say if Mike Greer, I don't think 30%, I would say 20% is pretty good. So you would figure $9 million, right? Like if the Sharks retain 20%, then that's about a $9 million cap hit to the team that's going to bring them on board. 
Uh, but nonetheless, the Pens are already $2 million over the cap. So they would need to move a lot of salary, a lot of players, maybe even try to bring another, you know, a third team on board to make that happen. It just doesn't seem like a very fortuitous uh, transaction for any of the clubs, even if another club is brought on board, right? Um, but also, the Penguins have a very, very almost non-existent, don't mean to be disrespectful to the Pens fans out there, you know, farm system. They have the oldest roster in the league. So if you're a Sharks, you know, if you're the San Jose Sharks and you're looking to maximize the amount of prospects and, and you know, looking to rebuild and collect as many uh, young players and, you know, as many um, you know, assets, it just makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. Like, they don't have anybody to give us for our future. Um, I understand that Carlson, you know, will fit in plenty of ways. And supposedly, you know, he got the blessing of, like, Crosby or whatever lately. I don't really know. To me, it's all just hearsay at this point. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying it. As a matter of fact, I am going to go on a limb and kind of say that um, am I, 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 I could see Carlson being traded, but not this summer for me. The San Jose Sharks' biggest transaction of the summer this offseason, okay, is Anthony Duclair, hands down. And that will be more than likely uh, the case until we arrive to the season. Now, I could see Carlson being dealt in November, really. Like, realistically speaking, I could see that going down in November. Um, Given the opportunity, you know, the Sharks and other teams could kind of sit on sit on it for a while. Maybe after about a good month and a half of hockey, maybe some of those teams that, you know, he has on his list that he prefers to, maybe he'll have a little bit more solid idea of them, you know, to see if, you know, that's the team he still wants to play for and try to pursue the cup with or et cetera. Uh, but, yeah, it's not happening this summer. That's all I'm going to say. And that's just my opinion. Um so with that, with that, because as we are approaching almost half an hour here, uh, with that, I think you're going to hear a lot, a lot about Eric Carlson. You're going to hear his name leading all the way up until September. Why? Because it's the offseason, and it's the most intriguing story, right? It's the missing, or not even the missing link, but it's like the final blockbuster or final pending blockbuster trade, assuming that there's any pending transaction uh, to begin with, right? Um, you're not going to have Carlson be traded this offseason because then you're going to have no talking points. Just kidding. But no, seriously, though, um, I, I honestly see this thing getting done. Um, I think trade deadline's a little too late. I would assume probably this November, mid-November. And that's my bid. That's my guess. I'm putting it in now. So with that being said, let's talk about some key dates for the upcoming season here. Uh, once again, thank you to everybody who's been watching live top of the hour. I'm Aaron James, and this is Shark City Unfiltered. Um, live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave a comment in the chat section on YouTube and Twitter. Just this comment, as I mentioned that really quick, I want to address before going to the next point. The Carlson trade front is so convoluted at this point. I can't wait till it's over. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, this right here is kind of like, this is starting to feel like Timo Meyer, right? Like they're talking about Timo Meyer being traded, like when we were drafting Eklund, and that went down finally, you know. So I feel you on that one. All right, moving on. Thank you for um, you know um, your feedback in the show, by the way. Um, 
So some key dates for the 2023-24 NHL season, mainly just want to uh, react to some of these. So uh, September 23rd and 24th, the NHL Global Series is in Melbourne, Australia. It's the first, um, I think it's the first time. No, this is not the first time. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, my bad. Pardon the uh, uncertainty there. Uh, this is the first time the National Hockey League is actually going to be in Australia. Uh, go figure. It's the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they'll play two preseason games at the Rod Laverina, pardon me if I mispronounce that, in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, the first major event, the first major, you know, the big deal of the season is going to be down under, which, by the way, is where the FIFA Women's World Cup is currently being uh, played. You guys better be watching it. I was up last night. I'm not going to lie. I was up at, you know, midnight, three in the morning. I was, I was watching the games. It's exciting times. Now back to the hockey. Um, so October 10th is opening night. Uh, don't really care for this. Don't really care for any of these opening night teams, but I'm just going to share it with you all out there, Sharks fans. Um, the 2023-2024 NHL regular season face-off will be between – it's going to be a triple header, okay, or something like that. But um, you have Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby. All right, so the Blackhawks versus the Penguins. Eh, whatever. And then you have the Golden Knights banner-raising ceremony. Who cares? Oh, wow, look at this. Tyler on YouTube. I live in Australia. FYI, Douglas and Jr. played pro in Melbourne. Thank you. And shout-outs down under Australia, Melbourne. I actually been to Australia before, man. Um, I've been to Perth. Uh, very, very beautiful. Very beautiful, man. Very beautiful place. Uh, thank you. Wow, it's amazing to uh, know that you have a fan right now live in Australia. Um, okay, so back, back to that. Um, no, October 29th. Oh, by the way, October 12th, all right, is San Jose Sharks. Um, that's when their season begins. It's at home. It's going to be against the defending Stanley Cup uh, champs. So, you know, again, Sharks have the opportunity to set the tone for the season. We beat the Knights. I'm going to, you know, we beat the Knights on opening night at the tank, the defending Stanley Cup champs. Hate to say that, but got to say it for this whole season. I don't care what happens to the rest of the you know remaining 10 games because I know those first 10 games are tough. But if you beat the Knights, maybe that game and at the I'm gonna be there at the tank. I'll be there. Gotta be there. Um yeah. That right there, that 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 right there will that'll be that'll fill my cup until November, anyways. Um, but please win more than just that game. All right, uh, October 29th, the 2023 NHL Heritage Classic is going to Edmonton. The Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton is going to host the uh, Battle for Alberta. It'll be um, the Flames, Calgary Flames, and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, Calgary has – these are kind of shark-related because I know like, we're talking about the Flames, but the Calgary Flames actually have two players that were previous Sharks – um, members, both goaltenders, by the way, who are going to be honored, receiving the ultimate honor. Mike Vernon is going to be inducted into, uh, into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, pardon me. And Mika Kiprasov's jersey number will be retired for Calgary. So, you know, uh, congrats to those two former Sharks uh, netminders. Um, so November 16th and 19th is the NHL Global Series in Sweden. It's going to be the Red Wings and the Senators and the wild and the maple leafs this is going to go down in the middle of november be on the lookout that might be when that uh, air crossing trade goes down uh, right around 
Christmas. T- uh, who cares about them? <laughs> that was a Vegas Golden Knight note here. Um, but essentially, it's the rematch. Okay. So if you want to see the rematch of Santa Cup final, that's going on December 23rd. All right. Um, anyways, uh, but per usual, per the tradition, I believe this is what. Um, how many years? It's, I don't forget how many years it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, January 1st, bringing the new year with the NHL Winter Classic. I am not going to lie. I feel some type of way about this. I really do. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So second outdoor event of the, of the season is going to be in Seattle. And it's going to be against the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Both playing in their first winter classic. I I do feel some type of way about this. All right. I am triggered, as they say on the internet. Why is it? Why is it that this club, these both these clubs get a winter classic before the sharks? I know that stadium series, but I have been I have been waiting patiently for the sharks to be in a winter classic since its inception because I feel like that will be one of the few times outside of the anniversary season when we get to see those heritage jerseys come back and being the winner a maybe modern spin on a classic heritage sharks uniform uh, but yeah i am i am not digging see you know first of all the golden knights i mean they're the champs so it is what it is you know, they got that game in, in Salt Lake City. That was one thing. But this winter classic, that 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 right there, I mean, that could have easily been Sharks and Kraken Battle of the Pacific, but no. Anyways, I'm done. Uh, moving on. Uh, February 2nd and 3rd is the NHL All-Star Weekend. The 2024 NHL All-Star Weekend will be uh, February, excuse me, will be in uh, Toronto this year. It's going to be at the, uh, let's see, the game is scheduled ah, it's that weekend who cares <laughs> like that. moving along because i know we all got things to do here uh february 17th and 18th the nhl stadium series is going to be at the um met life stadium in east rutherford new jersey so shout out to um co-host neil villapiano who's going to be joining the show a little bit later on as you know the season gets closer um you get not just one but two NHL Stadium Series games there, uh, a chance to attend. On Saturday, February 17th, the New Jersey Devils will face the Philadelphia Flyers. And the next day on Sunday, February 18th, uh, the New York Rangers are going to be playing the New York Islanders. Um, some pretty good regional action going on there. Um, so, you know, the regular season ends April 18th and for um, the San Jose Sharks, hopefully that's not where their season ends. Uh, hopefully that's when the postseason begins for us. All right. With that, I believe that's a good spot to conclude this episode of Shark City Unfiltered. Thank you once again to everybody who has been watching from top of the hour. I am Aaron James. Be a part of the show anytime we are live on YouTube and on facebook otherwise do what you've been doing and just kick back and enjoy the show live on twitter we're going to start doing encore presentations of shark city unfiltered on instagram live so be on the lookout for that if you don't hit us if you don't catch us when we're doing the live broadcast you can always catch the show immediately following um so uh, special again um 
thanks to everybody who's been um, a part of the show. If you're watching the video version, I just want to address this. You probably noticed that my um, avatar has become 3D and animated, baby. Yeah. Um, when we first launched our podcast, um, I had a character animator, and that's just my theme. I like it. I kind of have like a coast-to-coast theme going on here. And with Neil Villabiano joining, we will have Sharks coverage coast-to-coast. Um, but, yeah, super excited to bring – uh, you know, to bring the upgrade, to bring it back, and you know, return to our roots as we get closer to our fifth year anniversary here at Shark City Hockey. So, again, thank you to everybody who's been joining the show. I'm Aaron James. Um, be sure to follow us across the board on social media at Shark City Hockey. And until next time, let's go sharks. Everyone have a great rest of your evening. <laughs>